This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Earnings for the Shark Ninja Company, pretty good last quarter, and that's certainly obviously good news in a time where spending has been strong, but the economy is still dealing with a variety of issues that could put pressure on any company's bottom line right now. Pleasure to have on the show right now Mark Barocas, who is the CEO of Shark Ninja, company that produces the Shark Vacuum line of cleaners and also a variety of products in the food and beverage space under the Ninja brand. Mark, pleasure to have you with us. Welcome to Wharton Business Daily. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, How's the consumer doing right now from what you see through the numbers of your company and what you're hearing from other companies as well? Uh, It's it's been an interesting run, to say the least, over the last several months. Yeah, well, it sure has. Um, You know, I I think we just came out of a holiday season that uh, Shark Ninja performed, you know, quite well with. And I think that's really attributable to just the number of new products and new product innovation that we developed across existing categories that we're in and also new categories that we entered into. And also, uh, we increased our ad spending considerably this holiday season versus previous years. And as a result of that, it did not require us to uh, increase our discounting on products versus prior years. So, Overall, you know, Shark Ninja came into the holiday season with strong momentum. We ended the holiday season, you know, on a positive note. Uh, but I don't know that that's uh, what can be said for the market overall, which, which, as you said, was quite tough. So you mentioned the level of innovation and, and, and getting into uh, new segments as well. I would imagine that's a very interesting component to have, especially now being a public company and and the motive that the consumer wants more from their products these days, it seems like there is more of a more of a push by the consumer in terms of what their expectations are from companies they work with. Look, the, the consumer is highly educated. The consumer is highly demanding. Uh, and I think that if you look at the last 16 years, You know, Shark Ninja has grown at a compounded annual growth rate of 20% a year for the last 16 years. We've grown 15 out of the last 16 years, and I think it's through this combination of performance, multifunctionality, high-quality products, but we also do it at an extraordinary value to the consumer. I mean, we're not the highest-priced products in the market. We're not the lowest-priced products, but I think we give the consumer real affordable, accessible innovation. And, and that's what, you know, has really helped grow our business. What was it like for your company during the early days of the pandemic and then as things developed out over that three-year window uh, in terms of that relationship with the consumer, but also, you know, obviously there was the government funding and, and the financial support that the government was sending out that uh, aided a lot of consumers as well? Sure. I mean, well, look, you know, we were very fortunate in that, you know, we have always taken the approach that we want to be relevant where the consumer chooses to shop for our products. And so our products are sold all through retail stores. Uh, We're the most searched brands on Amazon in our space, and we have a strong direct-to-consumer business. And so when COVID started, naturally, as the stores closed, our business moved to you know, online as well as, you know, to direct the consumer to pick up that demand. We, of course, saw a big surge 
you know, as consumers were home and they were looking for, you know, things to cook and clean their homes with more effectively. But I think, you know, what was exciting for us was we had great momentum going into COVID. Our business was growing at a double-digit pace. And then post-COVID, um, you know, our business has continued to kind of accelerate its growth. Um, and again, that's really been driven by this three-pillar growth strategy that we've established, which is we're gaining share in the existing categories that we're in. We're expanding into new categories. We're in 31 different product categories today. And we're growing our business uh, internationally, you know, quite significantly. I mean, we will finish, you know, 2023 with sales of over a billion dollars outside of North America. Yeah, when you have that expansion outside of these borders, what's that process like in terms of the build out of product and, and probably having uh, locations within those countries so that you can, you know, affect that, that process a little bit quicker? Well, look, I mean, you know, we obviously went through some, you know, learning pains. I mean, we launched in the UK in 2014 uh, and, you know, our product was not right for a European consumer at that time. And it took us really four years to kind of redevelop our product development approach to focus more on a global consumer. There's different types of homes. There's different types of kitchens. Uh, there's different needs of the consumer. And today, you know, 80% of the products that we develop, we launch about 25 new products a year, you know, are really global products, products that we'll sell in 20 to 25 different countries. So first was getting the product development right. And the second was, you know, building a team in those markets, in the UK, in Germany, in France, uh, in Mexico, um, that really kind of understood the consumer in those markets on the, the sales side, the marketing side, the consumer insight side. So it was getting the product right. It was getting the team in place and then using the playbook that Shark Ninja has, which is disruptive product innovation, you know, creating consumer demand by investing heavily in advertising and developing yeah. a strong dominant omni-channel strategy. How much connection is there between the two brands and, and the products? I mean, how much do you think about the connection between those two in terms of trying to reach the consumer? I mean, there's obviously a, a difference in, in terms of the products, but realistically, you're still trying to go for the same consumer. We, we are in slightly different markets. You know, Shark is a market leader in cleaning and home environment and beauty. Uh, you know, Ninja is a market leader in everything in the kitchen. And, you know, now we've gone outside the home. Uh, you know, we're the fastest growing outdoor cooking company uh, in the U.S. and the U.K. Um, they all, though, operate off the same principle of, you know, we want to, find a known or unknown consumer problem that they have that existing products are not properly servicing for the consumer. We want to find that white space and we want to develop, you know, innovative solutions that are able to solve those problems. And, you know, uh, you know, over the years, I mean, we've developed both brands from scratch. You know, they're both multi-billion dollar brands. We've never acquired a dollar of revenue in the company's history. Um, and there's a lot of cross-purchasing from consumers, you know, that own both a Shark or a Ninja product or, or own yeah. multiple products within the same brand. So when you're 
looking to solve that problem that you you know you just referred to how much of the focus is on potential existing products that you may have that you can tweak and adjust and, and be able to solve that problem or is it more so looking to create a new item a new product that will be able to solve it which which does it tend to, to lean towards or is it a little bit of both it, it really is a little bit of both. I mean, if you think about, you know, the vacuum category, I mean, we developed our first vacuum back in 2008. And we're now kind of nine generations into our vacuums. And each one of those generations, we've kind of added, you know, more functionality, you know, more problem solving. I mean, we started in 2009 with our lift away vacuum that kind of lifts away and allows you to be able to clean everywhere above the floor as well as on the floor. Uh, we ultimately developed a two brush roll nozzle that allows you to clean carpets well as hard floors. Uh, we developed a self-cleaning brush roll uh, for the problem that brush rolls wrapped hair and you'd have to cut the hair off the brush roll and rip it off. And we yeah. developed a solution for that. You know, uh, pet owners, uh, we're throwing their vacuums away because the vacuums smelled after a period of time of using them, sometimes quite a short period of time. And we developed an odor neutralizer technology within our vacuum. So, you know, there's a lot of evolutionary product development. And, and then there's also, you know, new innovation, um, you know, to kind of come into a, a brand new space. The company went public uh, last year. Take us through the decision and how it's gone so far. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the, the decision was, you know, we felt like Shark Ninja had a great story to tell, and we felt like the New York Stock Exchange was the right place to tell that story. Um, you know, consumers, you know, love our brands. They have our products in their home. Uh, and we felt like, um, you know, it was the right thing for us to be a, a U.S. public company. Uh, in the beginning, you know, we did it through a direct listing. You know, we spun out of our parent company at the time, JS Global, which was a Hong Kong listed company. Uh, so it was a direct listing. It took us some time to educate investors about our, you know, products and our, and our brands and our company. Uh, but the response has been fantastic. Uh, you know, the stock has performed well. Our investor base has grown considerably. Uh, and I think that, you know, people that have owned our product you know, and love our products are now, you know, surprised to see the size and the scale of the business um, and, and be able to participate in the stock ownership of the business. You know, I mentioned uh, a, a little bit ago the, the impact of the pandemic. The, the story of the last 18 months or so uh, has been about inflation. What's that meant and, and what kind of impact has that uh, provided on your business in terms of, you know, that development and that connection with the consumer? Yeah. Well, look, you know, 2021 and, you know, into 2022, you know, were very, very challenging inflationary times for the business. I mean, you had the freight challenges, uh, yeah. you know, you had, uh, you know, component, um, you know, and commodity pricing that was, you know, extreme, uh, you know, things we've never seen before. Um, it was very important for us to try to minimize any price increases that we passed along to our consumer. And so, you know, we did the best that we could. I mean, we obviously took some gross margin hits during that period of time. 
But as we entered into 2023, those headwinds became tailwinds for us. And so, you know, we saw, you know, some big gross margin expansion in 2023. Uh, we believe we'll see some more of that as we head into the beginning of 2024. Uh, but prices have really normalized now. Uh, but, you know, we didn't raise prices. So, you know, as costs have come down, you know, we've been able to maintain our prices. Uh, but that is something that we've had to take a very, you know, long-term approach to and not, you know, adjust pricing so quickly for the consumer um, that maybe would have alienated them uh, and had them not come back to the brand. You mentioned the supply chain. What was that process like going through in the early days? Because you kept hearing the stories about, you know, the issues of uh, of boats uh, out on the West Coast trying to get into ports and couldn't get in there. And obviously it was a, a significant impact uh, for a lot of companies. What's it like for you today? And and I would imagine there's probably part of you that's keeping an eye on what's going on with the Suez Canal and, and, and in the Red Sea as well at, at this moment. Look, you're, you're right. I mean, it felt like every week was another uh, challenge, you know, and, and something else that uh, you had you know, not thought about, you know, would be possible from a supply chain perspective. And so, you know, whether it was the, you know, commodities or, or components or freight, um, what I do think it did, though, is it made us a much better supply chain company post-pandemic. I mean, we created a lot of redundancy in our supply chain. Uh, we moved a lot of manufacturing outside of China into Southeast Asia, uh, you know, we diversified our carriers that we use globally, both into North America as well as into Europe. Um, so I, I, it was a painful experience to go through, but I think that it was, you know, we've come out the backside of it with a much more redundant, much stronger supply chain than we had going into COVID. How do you think these last four years have impacted you as a CEO and your thought process of, of running this company on a day-to-day basis? Look, you know, I I think if you go back over the last, you know, 15, 16 years as as I've run the company, um, it's really all been focused around long-term sustainability for the business. I mean, making decisions that are right for the consumer. You know, our mission statement is positively impacting people's lives every day in every home around the world. And I think that, you know, it was very trying, uh, but if you stay focused on doing right by the consumer and you stay focused on doing the things that will create long-term value for the business and avoid, you know, kind of the knee-jerk things that might come up, um, you know, you'll weather through the challenges that the business faces. And and we've been able to do that. And I I think it's attributable to to those two things. I, I think also... You know, look, this is a period of time where it requires a lot of communication internally, a lot of alignment with the management team, um, and a lot of looking around the corner of, you know, what could go wrong. I mean, I I think over the last few years, there's been whatever can go wrong will go wrong. uh, But I think being agile and rolling with the punches, um, you know, has, has really helped us. Hey, Mark, pleasure to meet you and talk to you and get a little bit of insight on Shark Ninja. All the best to you in 2024, and let's do this down the road at some point. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.
Take care. You got it. Have a great day. Mark Barocas, who is the uh, CEO of Shark Ninja. To explore more content from the Wharton School, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.